I'm Andrea. And I'm Lila. And you're listening to Broads on Broadway. Welcome back, Music City. Hey, guys. We are so excited, and we have a very, very special guest for you today. Lila actually knows her personally. Uh, So we have Rachel Reinhart with us. And she was with the band Gloriana back in, when did y'all start start the band? Uh, 2007. 2007? Yes. She also pursued a solo career in music. And so we have her here today just to kind of talk about her past and what she's doing now and a little bit about the industry itself. I know her because she used to be a client of mine and now she is a peer. <laughs> so she too is a realtor. And so we just kind of jumped from world music <laughs> to, to selling houses. Yes. And she's killing it. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. We are so excited for you to be here. And we're in Nashville, so we have to talk about music, right? I think that we'd like to just take it back a little bit to the past. And I mean, 2007, we were were all babies. I've actually lived in Nashville since 2005. Is that right? Oh, really? Yeah. So I've I've been here for a while. I've seen all the changes and everything. So I don't think I realized that. So you you basically grew up in California. Basically. So I was actually I was born in Florida and then I lived in Marietta, Georgia until I was five. And okay. then my family moved to Southern California when I was six. Oh, yeah. Wow. And then I lived there till I was 16 and then I moved here. So I've actually lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else. Yeah. Okay. And did y'all, your family came with you here? My mom did. My mom lived with me for my first like roughly year to year and a half, maybe two years of being here. Okay. So I was like 18 and then I started touring a bunch and then it was just kind of like, there wasn't really much of a point in her being here. So she went back to California. So that was though, so you could pursue music. music. Yes. What a sacrifice. Yeah. 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 It was pretty awesome of her to come out here and be here with me and kind of supervise for the time being. But right? yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So I, cause I was wondering like what, what made it the right time for you to move to Nashville when you did, like how, how did that come about? So I actually had started out in California writing music. Prior to that, I was doing a lot of musical theater. Okay. And I was going to a performing arts school. Um, and then I started to get into songwriting and recording. And a friend of mine introduced me to a publisher here in Nashville. So I took a trip out here. I met with a publisher. I ended up signing a publishing deal when I was 16. And so that was just kind of what set everything. Into okay. Motion. Yeah, you go, girl. <laughs> I don't think everyone does that. <laughs> I was like singing in my bedroom saying like, dad, will you please give me a guitar? And he got me like a mandolin. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> well, and then, you know, my parents were changing the radio station. I'm like, hey, I like that song. They're like, yeah, we know. So. <laughs> and we do tend to break out in song here. So I'm so sorry for your ears right now. You yeah. Know? I'm like, ah. 
probably join in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So again, like, why was that the right time? I think just because I had signed the publishing deal and I really wanted to dive into what I was doing and I really wanted to pursue my career in music and recording and writing. And I just wanted to be immersed in this scene because there were a lot of people who were like, well, why not Los Angeles? And I think for me, I had a natural lean towards Nashville just because I wanted to pursue country music. I loved the storytelling aspect of it. I didn't really want anything to do with pop music at that time. So it just made sense for me to be here. And I felt like it was such, at that time, it was such a small community. Right. And it was just such a small little town. Back when Music Row was Music Row. Yeah. 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 It was I, it was very, very different than what it is today. And so um, I, I just felt like I had a better chance of really building out um, what it is that I was trying to do at that time um, here in a smaller town. So the Gosson brothers. Yes. How did you meet them? MySpace. No. Oh no, my gosh. <laughs> Bring it back. You're like, I mean, yeah. how did that even work? Um, so I got a message on my MySpace page. Little DM. Yeah. Well, like the, the DM of that time. And because I had music up on there. Yeah. Okay. MySpace, you yeah. could like pick music to your page. Well, you could, as an artist, you could upload your music. Like even Taylor Swift had one. And I knew who Taylor Swift was before she was Taylor Swift, really. Like everyone was talking about her around town. And so, yeah. And so you could upload music to your page, like as an artist. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of how people were being discovered at that time. And so um, the Gossens were looking to move to Nashville and be a part of this band and I had no interest in being a part of a band. Right. Cause you came here to pursue a solo career. Yeah, I wanted to be a solo artist, uh-huh. um, but they had a connection with Matt Serletic, who was a huge record producer based out of Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> this story just kind of like takes me back. I ping ponged around but back and forth. So Matt Serletic um, produced Matchbox 20, oh. Rob Thomas. Um, you know, he had some massive songs. He produced uh, Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. I mean, just a very amazing producer, songwriter. And um, he had a relationship with the Gossam Brothers. And we all got together and started making music together. And it all just kind of flowed. And they were like, well, do you want to do this? And I molded over for a little while. And I felt like at that moment in time, it was a opportunity that I just couldn't pass up. Mm-hmm, yeah, And I'm really glad that I did it because um, the things that I learned and the experiences and the memories and just everything all together in that group and being a part of the music industry at that time, mm-hmm. so different than what it's like now. Um, Do you think it was better or worse? I think there was a more streamlined way mm-hmm. of being able to form yourself as an artist or as a band and then get in front of the right people and then get funded and then, you know, create an amazing record mm-hmm. and then put it out. You meet the right people and you kind of just take this trajectory that puts you at the right place at the right, right time. time. Yeah. And that that was kind of the formula, I guess, that we followed and it worked out for us. It doesn't always work out. Um, but now I just feel like it's it's just so like no one can pinpoint 
how you make it now. Okay. Right. There's so many different avenues. There's so many different ways. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that I got the opportunity to kind of be a part of what was like the old music industry um, that kind of put us into the stratosphere, I guess. Did you think joining being a part of a band was the best way to enter the music scene? For me at that yeah. time, it was. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So your band's name was Gloriana. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't think I don't think anyone could answer that question even today. I think we just really wanted something that was memorable, that was one word that you didn't have to think too much about. Mm -hmm. um, we fiddled around with the name Glory Days, I remember, oh, yeah. for a long time. Um, and then we landed on Gloriana and just kind of stuck. I mean, it, it was just one of those funny things where actually we were in the studio recording our album and there was another guy who was recording his record in the same studio, just in a different room. And he, I think he was from the UK and he was like, what about Gloriana? And we were like, oh, oh, we like that. You know, that makes sense because I did Google the word. I'm like, what does this even mean? It was the nickname of the first queen of England, I believe. Or it has something to do, something to do with that. Over there. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> over there. <laughs> I mean, I, it's a pretty name. It, I like know it, it is. Yeah. But I was just like, where did, we were sitting here like preparing for this. I was like, where did, like, what does that mean? Where did it come from? It means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Some random guy was like, you should use this. And how it happened. We're like, we love that. I love that. It's kind of stuck. That's amazing. Okay. So there was four of y'all. I had no idea about that. Oh. And yeah, so we, we were like, what happened did. to Cheyenne? Yeah. We yeah. were looking this up and we were like, well, where did Cheyenne, who where is Cheyenne, Cheyenne who is she, and then where did she go? <laughs> she was an original, well, okay, so it started out as the three of us, me, Tom, and Mike. Cheyenne came into the picture kind of uh, like halfway through, um, you know, us pulling this first album together. Okay. So she got sprinkled into the whole situation. Um you know, funny story. So Cheyenne, she she left after the first album. Mm -hmm. She actually left while we were in the middle of a tour. <laughs> um, oh, she's like, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. She said, yeah. bye. She, she literally did. She like wheeled her suitcase off and was just like, bye. We were like, bye. <laughs> Drama. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, we can laugh about it now. And it's funny because I've, I've actually reconnected with her in the mm -hmm. last year. And um, yeah, like I said, we can laugh about it now. But yeah, I, I, I just think at the time it just wasn't the right fit for her. Okay. Um, but we're all good. We're I mean, so good. everyone was literally saying what happened to Cheyenne. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like in the middle of your tour. Well, we we honestly just, I, I don't know. I you just, just kept going? She, yeah, we just kept going. <laughs> I mean, you didn't have any other options. No, we yeah. were just like, all right, well, we'll just figure this out. <laughs> we are now a trio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it happened. I love that. And so y'all came, was that the album that Kiss You Goodnight was on? So no, the album that Kissed You Goodnight was on, she was not a part of. Okay. Yeah, that she was our left second album. and then that came out. And yes. then right. that came out. Because that was like your guys' biggest, I mean, I was like jamming out to that when I was like a, I don't know, what year was that? 2012, I want to say. Okay. So I had like, what, we were a freshman in college yeah. or something. Yeah. Like I was thinking about like kissing goodnight all the baseball players or something at that time. <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. If you, okay, if, if you were a freshman in college, then I am older than you, Lila. <laughs> yeah, but not by much. Yeah, just we're like both, a couple of years. I'm, I'll be 30 we're in about 30 this like year. 10 days or something. Girl, I'm going to be 34 in like two months. <laughs> okay, well, we're close. Close enough. We're, I just like had no idea. I always thought Rachel was 
was so much older than me because well, I was yeah. like, she's a rock star. Like, yeah. you know, and I'm just over here, I'm like selling houses. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no way, like, you know, she was successful in the music industry. And it's just like, you can't, you have to be a certain age for that, I'm sure. I just got a head start. That's all. Well, that's me <laughs> in real estate. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yeah. yeah. So we're just kind of on opposite ends. It's true. Yeah. Um, okay. So we know what happened to Cheyenne. Yeah. I feel like that should be the name of a song. We know what happened to Cheyenne. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you started, speaking of our ages, like you started touring at 18. Is that right? Yeah. I was about 18. Okay. Yeah. And what, that was with Taylor Swift? We started touring with her in 2008, 2009. So I was like 19, 20. Okay. Yeah. Was that your first tour? Our first major tour. Before okay. that, we did like the van trailer, you know, kind of like southeast playing mm -hmm. in bars and then we got a phone call <laughs> you see what i mean about this like this crazy trajectory that we were on that yeah, was like yeah. one day it was like hey you guys are gonna open for taylor swift for like a year that is wild that yeah, was amazing and was you so and cool. her are around the same age yes we are the same age yeah. so what was that like amazing yeah so cool um, this was before she was, I mean, she was huge then. She was definitely the biggest star I, in country music. I think music. I actually went to that when y'all were in Tampa. Oh, the yes. It was right. the Fearless tour. I remember you telling me about that. Yes, yes. it was the Fearless tour. Yeah. Um, it was so awesome. I mean, she was huge then, but mm -hmm. obviously now it's like times a million. Um, but she was the biggest superstar in country at that time. And so um, just, you know, getting to feed off of that energy and excitement was just Okay. Incredible. It was so cool. And she so was, it was very inspiring. Cool. Like very it wasn't inspiring. A competition. Not she at was all. sweet. So nice. So nice. Okay. And in fact, like I, I actually have kind of a funny story. And I've never, I don't think I've ever talked about this um like oh, publicly before. We love that. Ooh. Come on, girl. But Give that was a juice. secret. <laughs> <laughs> there was one day she was um still building out her uh her condo at the Adelaide. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so she was like hey, do you want to come see what it looks like? And I was like, sure. And it was like, just, I got to spend the day with Taylor Swift, like just me and her. And um, I, she showed me the condo and then she was like, do you want to go hang out by the pool? And I was like, sure. So we hung out by the pool and like people were actually super cool and pretty respectful. I mean, obviously everyone's yeah. like, oh my God, that's Taylor Swift. <laughs> and then um, we got into her little Lexus convertible and we drove around town and uh, she had the top down. Casual. You know? Oh like, my gosh. So funny. And we went to, we went to Jay Alexander's and we had lunch <laughs> and we went to McDonald's and we drove through and got ice cream. I mean, it was like, it sounds like the best day ever. So it was kind of amazing. And, and just the way that she was with people, because I mean, like everyone was losing their mind, like the second that they realized that it was her. Right. Um, but she was, very cool about it and just so nice to everyone and it was just that's like a really special memory that I think I'll I love that hang on to forever you and know? it's yeah. just kind of like that's so a Nashville thing yeah. I mean everyone in the industry they're normal people too like yeah. I right. we see you in the grocery and you know corner pub or wherever you are and Nashville's just pretty respectful of that wouldn't you say yeah. of like your yeah. time and your privacy we don't I love that. And there's not like a lot of paparazzi here and things that it doesn't, it doesn't paparazzi. draw to pay more attention right. to those people, yeah. which is so nice. Did, did you experience that in LA at all? Uh, well, the only time that I ever was actually in New York and uh, the whole group had been invited to dinner with Taylor and the, there were a lot of her crew there and her okay. band 
members and all that. And so we walked out of the restaurant and there were paparazzi waiting there for her. And it's funny because I, if I like found the pictures, you would die because I'm like literally standing kind of like in the corner. I'm just kind of like, <laughs> you're look, like, what do I do? I so stupid. I, I'm just like <laughs> looking at the camera like. I don't even know what to do. <laughs> That's so great. Funny. I mean, smile and wave. Yeah, right. no, nope, nope, I definitely did not do that. No. Okay. <laughs> it just looked so like an that. idiot. <laughs> okay, so you were, do you feel like you missed out on your 20s at all? I don't feel like I missed out on my 20s because my 20s were actually amazing. Okay. Um, I think what I missed out on a little bit was sort of that gap of probably like the junior, senior year of high school mm-hmm into college. I didn't go to college. I didn't get the college experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that I was just in such a hurry to just grow up and to have my career and to be here mm-hmm. and to just succeed. I don't know. I, I I wish that maybe I'd had a little bit more of a sense of, hey, you get to be an adult your entire life. You right. never get to be a kid again. Um so that part of it, I, I do feel like I missed it. Like I never went to prom. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother did go to Vanderbilt. So I went to, I went to some like frat parties. Frat parties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So, like, I don't know. I kind of like, I had like a little bit of the college experience, like without the classes or like the tuition, but <laughs> Hey, um, that's how I'd like to do it. Yeah. yeah. I without mean, the classes or tuition. Yeah. yeah just the up. partying. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. But, but yeah, I mean, if I could go back and redo it again, would I do it different? No. Um, but you know, I, I, there's a little bit of that tinge of, I don't know, I guess as a parent now, Mm -hmm. I will definitely encourage my child to, you know, experience being a kid for as long as As he possibly can. Cause I, I was the same way. I was in such a hurry to grow up that now, I mean, I was just like, I've been an adult my whole life. Right. Yeah. Well, no one really tells you that. I think, you know, parents and people around you put the pressure to say, you know, you've got to do this, you've got to do big things. And, you know, if you've got the opportunity to do them now, then you should just do it. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to live in the moment because you're always thinking about What's you know, next what's coming going. next. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. once you get there, you're like, well, shit, I'm going to be here for a long time. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, I will say, you know, I, I growing up, I feel like I was always praised for what I did, not who I am. And I read a little bit about you like finding yourself when you decided to go solo. So that's kind of like, I mean, that's kind of the same thing. Like you were defined by... I mean, would you say you're defined by the band? Yeah, my identity was very much tied to it, for sure. And so then when I left that, there was that moment of like, oh, okay, who am I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, without these people, without this situation, without the money, without, you know, all the success and everything that was I, I was surrounded by. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I took many years to just sort of take a step back and try to find who I was and what I had to say. And, um, you know, without this one thing that made me who I was at that time, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of soul searching that went on. And a big part of that process, too, was selling the house, which you helped me do. And, um, you know, sort of just being in this like ultimate state of let go, mm-hmm. um, going from everything to, to like kind nothing. of nothing. Yeah, for sure. That is, um, sobering is not the right, right word. Well, I, I think it's brave and it's I want to so know what was kind of the pivoting moment where you said, cause you guys had just released an album. I think it was like June of 2015 in January of 2016, you 
said, I'm going solo. And so what kind of happened in between that time where you said, you know, this is the right time for me to go on my own? Um, it was a combination of things. Uh, I felt like a lot of the songs that we were putting out and that I was a part of, um, well, I, I actually wasn't really a part of. And so that was a big so were y'all recording other people's songs at that point? Other people's songs, mm -hmm. as well as the songs that were being written by the guys in the band. Uh -huh. And, you know, I mean, it's, I just felt like I had more to say and I wasn't getting my chance to say it. Mm -hmm. And as an artist, I kind of hit that breaking point of, at that point, I think I was 25 and I was like, it's now or never. I need to mm -hmm. like go off, cut my ties from this because I didn't want anyone to continue to pull me back into, I just didn't want to be one foot in one foot out. Right. And I felt artistically like I wasn't aligning with what the band was doing anymore. And so I just needed to grow and I needed to get away from it. And um, I definitely got what I asked for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, there, there's got to be a right time for everything. It's yeah. not like, you know, you're not going to be 35, 40 and make it in the music industry as an artist. Yeah. Well, and and also we had had a couple of singles at that time that were mm -hmm. not doing so great. And I just was like, you know, what are we going to do? Like keep grinding it out. Mm -hmm. And am I going to keep having a vouch for these songs that I just don't feel aligned with? Or am I going to leave and, you know, try to make it on my own? Right. Um, and so that was kind of the crossroads that I was facing at that time. And so I decided that, you know, I, I felt like we had enough success that it would translate into the next thing for me. Mm -hmm. um, but it just didn't really pan out exactly as you, I'd hoped that it would. <laughs> you took a very different, you, you kind of went in a different direction. So you were kind of, your creative side was, kind of halted mm -hmm. and you went out, out on your own and you said in Rolling Stone too that you weren't putting music out for radio programmers. You were putting yeah. out the music that you wanted to put out. And that was the biggest difference. I think um, that's where I was just, I felt like I wasn't um, on the same page with the band anymore because it was constantly writing for radio, mm -hmm. which is, a great way to be very successful. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, it just wasn't in my heart anymore. And at that time, there was a lot of music out there that it was like a very bro country direction. Mm -hmm. And I'm clearly not. You're not a bro. A bro. <laughs> <laughs> During that time, it was. There was a lot was of bro, bro country. Heavy. It was very, very bro heavy. And um, yeah, I, I just wanted to take my chance at writing something that felt very authentic to me. Um, and so it took me every bit of four years to put that album together because I thought I was going to turn around and I was just going to sign a record deal and, you know, everything was going to come together. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but it did not work out that way at all. In fact, it was just a complete and total rebuild. And it was in that time, me trying to figure out who I meshed with writing wise, production wise. I mean, it was just completely like from the ground up. And what, what did you call the genre? It was kind of more of like a California country. California so it country. was like very seventies inspired, um, really kind of like this dreamy lush, um, musical landscape 
for me. And I, I grew up loving Fleetwood Mac and Stevie mm -hmm. Nicks, and that was a huge source of inspiration for me. And I just kind of wanted to take this approach of like, if she were to be making a country album, what would that look what like? What would that look like? Mm -hmm. Okay. So that was sort of my inspiration for it. I mean, there's a fine line between, you know, giving the people what they want and also, and also doing something that you love because yeah. you're the one who has to go out and either perform it or record it and all of that. You have to feel the passion in it. And so I'm yeah. sure you weren't really feeling that before. So you're trying to come out at this point and say, hey, this is me. I don't really care if you guys like it or not. Or it's a fine line. I think it kind of got to the point where I was like, I, I'm just doing this for me and whatever happens, happens. happens. Yeah. Good for, I love that. So that's, thank you. That's, that's where I was at with it. And then, um, <laughs> the release date was just the worst. I was going to say, so yeah, you release into the blue in 2020, March, March 2020. 2020. Yeah. Way oh to my go, gosh. sister. Yeah. <laughs> the universe was, yeah. Yeah. And not working funny. in your baby. I, I had, I had signed a new record deal. I had signed a new publishing deal oh I like and all the stars had finally aligned like I had this incredible 2019 I got engaged that year it was like and married I mean everything was coming together and yeah. I was like oh okay like the universe like we are we are here you know I finished up this record and then it, it came out March 2020 and it just got completely eclipsed by what was going on in the world at the time yeah yeah I so. I wondered how that impacted Oh, release. I mean, because it could have yeah. gone either way, honestly. When you think about it, you yeah. think, oh, people are in their homes or probably listening to music That's or something like hoped. that. That's but I when I go back and think about what I was doing that during that time, I was having panic attacks, <laughs> you know, trying to go outside yeah. and just like Drinking take a breath much wine. and yeah. trying yeah. to learn how to make a good dirty martini. Yeah. Watching know. the Tiger King, you know? Yeah. Okay. yeah. You know, the that last thing I was doing was, you know, trying to look for new music or something. And I don't know why, you know, maybe some people did that, yeah. but no, I think that people were just too, <laughs> people were just distracted by yeah. a lot. So it wasn't a good year for music. No, mm. no. But I, I think, Ultimately, at the end of the day, mm -hmm. even though that whole situation changed just the path of my life, I I can go to sleep really well every single night knowing that I made the record that I always wanted to make, the mm -hmm. record that yeah. I came here to make yep. almost 20 years ago, That's and, and that my son will have it. If we ever have any more kids, they will have it. Their kids will have it. Like... It, it will exist forever. And that's good enough for me. Yeah. You never want to say, you know, what if or what it could have should or it just know. wasn't meant to be. I mean, you know, and that's kind of I just like gave it up to God at that point. I was just like, I was going to yeah. say, if I, I do feel like everything happens for a reason and you kind of have to trust in his plan. And when something's kind of taken away from you. You're given something else. Yeah. yeah. And I, I feel like I was, you know, I, I was given my son and then I was given this whole new career. I mean, you've always been interested in real estate. Always. Yeah. And your your dad is in real uh -huh. estate in some yeah. capacity. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it just was kind of natural for you, wasn't it? It was. And it's funny because I, I had started kind of tooling around with the idea and then I had talked to you. I was mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm starting to take classes. I took a long time with my classes. I took months because I didn't have anything else to do. It was 2020. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. so I, I was studying and then um, it's funny because the day that I took my real estate exam, mm -hmm. I also took a pregnancy test that night. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so it was just like, boom, boom, like 
we're doing this. And so it was just kind of like this full deep dive into so a whole new it's life. It's kind of though, like how your music career happens. Yeah. 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 Just like jump right in. Yeah. And I never wanted to be tied to one particular thing or like, hey, you know, this is just this one thing that I do and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like it just makes for a more interesting life altogether, I think, you know, absolutely to be able to say that I've done all these things. And I don't know. I mean, I the number one thing that I get asked um, from people is, are you done with music? Are you going to do music ever again? And the answer is, I just don't know. I, mm-hmm. I'm open if the right opportunity presented itself. I think I would take it. But right now, I've just got this whole other focus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also proud to be able to say, you know, that I've done all of these different things. I think that it's really special. Like what I'm hearing you say is that you're basically living your truth. Yeah. And a lot of people don't do that. No. People are conforming to society or they're doing what, you know, their parents want them to do. And you, every single decision was based on, on you what you wanted what to you do and live by. And I just, and I think that's so great. It is because a lot of people are so scared, you know, and I know a lot of people in the music industry and, you know, maybe they've made it, maybe they haven't made it, but they're not really looking for other things or other avenues, which I think can be good sometimes because like, Hey, this is your focus. This is your dream. But eventually you get to a point and you say, maybe I should try something, you know? And I think it was really brave of you. And and I respect that to kind of just branch out and just say, Hey, you know, I did this. It didn't work out for me. And now let's try something else. Well, it did work out for a while. Yeah, (laughs) it did. 100%. that's, That's how I look at it. I'm like, you know, I, and thank you guys both for saying that. That means a lot. Yeah. I I look back on it as I got to check off so many things on my bucket list. I got to do so many things that like 99% of the people on this earth will never get to say that they got to do. Mm-hmm. I am very fortunate for that. I'm so thankful and blessed to have had those opportunities and those experiences. And I will have those forever. But at the same time, I also didn't want to be that person that was just like, hanging on for dear life. Right. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, like still just trying to keep on, keep it on, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. and, and the other thing too, is that in the music industry as a woman, you know, you reach your thirties, all of a sudden everyone's kind of like looking at you a little bit differently and, and, you know, like, Oh, let's put her out to pasture. You know? pretty, <laughs> yeah. No, and, seriously. Um, and also I think that there's a lot of women who feel like there's, they're just not going to have their chance to be able to have a baby because they're, too busy touring and it's not um, the most conducive lifestyle for, you know, for a a child or having family, especially as a woman. Mm -hmm. And um, I also don't want that to come across as discouraging to anybody by any means whatsoever, but it's, it's definitely a million times harder for women and anybody who is doing it. Like I give them so much credit. I've I've worked with some other artists who homeschool their kids because of, yeah. And they take them out on the yeah, road constantly on the road. Yeah. And, and there are ways to do that, but you have to be in a bus. If you don't have a bus, it ain't happening, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, that was such a desire of mine. And I, I didn't know when that was going to be able to happen for me if I kept on 
doing what I was doing at that time because I, I, God only knows when I would be in a bus again, you know, you know, <laughs> they, we'll I, one. Yeah, we'll <laughs> one. They, we'll take yeah. a road trip. <laughs> Listen, sometimes people don't, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard that. I mean, from other people in the music industry, but th there are times where your bus driver is going to be making more money than you are on runs because <laughs> I, I believe it that. is mucho expensivo. <laughs> yes, it is. It's very expensive. <laughs> Another thing that people don't really know is that the artist is the last person to get paid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got to pay everyone on your tour. You got to pay the people who are sitting in the office mm -hmm. and then whatever is left is kind of what you get. Yeah. Well, because if they don't show up, then where are you, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you are paying for a whole staff of people, management, you know, people, agents. People would everything. think you were the Drivers. first one to get paid. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the very last. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, is there anyone you think we should be listening to right now? Um. You know, what's funny is that I, I have not been listening to much new music lately. And if I am listening to anything new, it's it's going to be what everyone else is probably listening to, you know? Yeah. Taylor Swift and Harry Styles and <laughs> all that. Um, I'm a, I'm really fond of Lennon Stella. Um, I'm a, she, I'm, she's yeah. awesome. She's a pop artist. She, I think she lives in LA now. Okay. Um, but she was on the show Nashville. Okay. And that show gave me anxiety. I couldn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I'm like, I'm going to have to take a Xanax or <laughs> turn it off. A lot of drama. Yeah. A lot of yeah. Drama. Um, but mega talented, super, super talented girl and amazing vo voice of an angel. Um, I love what she's doing. Okay. okay. I'm a big fan of hers. I'll have to look her up. Yeah. Um, and then if you had one piece of advice for anyone who was coming to Nashville and trying to make it in the industry, what would it be? Am I even <laughs> in the <laughs> position of giving someone advice? Absolutely. <laughs> I do. Um, it's, I think it's a business of who you know. Mm -hmm. I think who you know is, is important, but uh, you know, cultivate relationships, but do it in a genuine way. Don't, don't be, you know, trying to climb the ladder. I think having genuine relationships is super important. Um, and just being true to yourself you know, I know that that sounds it's super easy cliche. to get lost in it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, you know, I, I guess that's probably the best advice that I could give um, because the music industry has changed so much. It's right. a moving target. I can't figure it out. Um, I'm glad I don't have to. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I just I, I keep up with real estate and I'm good. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. it's I evolved couldn't. quite a bit, you know, but man, I do actually, I know some wildly talented people who have been able to figure it out on a very independent scale. Mm -hmm. Um and it's really impressive and and they're being so true to themselves and they're being successful and it's really cool to, when you see that happen. I didn't feel like I was going to walk away from this with a lot of life lessons, but I feel like this has been like a good, like anyone can kind of relate yes. to what you've been through. And if you're thinking about, you know, making a jump and diving into something that you're passionate about and I... Why not? And if if it doesn't work out, like look where you are now. You're also doing something else that you love. It's true. And and I will say that it's been just like this whole new different world of just 
challenge, but in the best way. Mm -hmm. And it's been so fun for me to just like, even just getting back into like the school mindset was so weird. I was like, oh my God, I hadn't been like done any kind of schooling in like 15 (laughs) years, you know? Well, you're like challenging yourself and seeing like, okay, what level can I take it to next? Like, what am I learning? Who am I meeting? And you're kind of starting something all over again. And it's never too late to evolve. And and, um, even Lydia, who Lila works with, when I first started talking with her Mm -hmm. about making this jump. I think she didn't start in real estate until she was like, what, in her 40s, right? Yeah, she was late 30s, early yeah, 40s. And she's just like, you guys she's, all, she's you're wildly off. successful yeah. and it's amazing. And that's very inspiring for me to see. You know, it's never too late to start over or to pursue something else if you feel that's in your heart. I love that. I do too. Oh, what a happy note. I know. Well, look at this. You put three (laughs) realtors in a room and we didn't even try to sell you guys something. (laughs) Mission accomplished. Yeah, but if you're looking, you can't call us. You know where to find us. (laughs) Until next time. Keep keep looking pretty, pretty, Music City. So personally, I live my best life in Dolce Vita shoes. And no, Nashville, if you're a local, we are not talking about the pizza place. We are talking about the cutest, comfiest shoes that we wear every day. Both of us are realtors. We wear them to work, but we also wear them to play when we go out. They're professional, they're flirty, and I happen to have a $50 off code for you guys. Woo woo. Sarah Flint dash B as in Bob, A as in Ashley, Lila. That's Sarah Flint dash B A L I L A. Go get you some shoes, sister. Yes, girl, you deserve those shoes. And you guys thought you got rid of us. Make sure that you go ahead and follow us on whatever streaming service that you're listening on and make sure that you go and give us five stars. And then go to Instagram and follow us at broads on Broadway underscore. Thanks for listening.